January 17th. And now, as we look into the New Testament, our reading today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. We'll read about hostility. The religious leaders were waiting for an opportunity to attack Jesus, and he deliberately gave it to them. What a tragedy to be burdened by legalism when you could enjoy the true Sabbath rest. When Jesus is your Lord, all of life becomes a Sabbath, and every place is God's temple, even a grain field. And, of course, we'll be reading about hypocrisy. The Pharisees were concerned about keeping the Sabbath, but not about showing love to a man with a handicapping condition. Jesus wants mercy, not sacrifice. Do you use people or serve them? We'll read about victory. Jesus is the stronger man who has invaded Satan's house, overcome him, taken his weapons, and is now claiming his spoils. Put on the full armor and join him in victory. And now let's begin reading today here in the New Testament. January 17th, Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. At about that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off heads of wheat and eating the grain. Some Pharisees saw them do it and protested, Your disciples shouldn't be doing that. It's against the law to work by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. But Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the Scriptures what King David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and they ate the special bread reserved for the priests alone. That was breaking the law, too. And haven't you ever read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned those who aren't guilty if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. For I, the Son of Man, am master even of the Sabbath. Then he went over to the synagogue, where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, Is it legal to work by healing on the Sabbath day? They were, of course, hoping he would say yes, so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, If you had one sheep, and it fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you get to work and pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, it is right to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Reach out your hand. The man reached out his hand, and it became normal, just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting and discussed plans for killing Jesus. But Jesus knew what they were planning. He left that area, and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them but he warned them not to say who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved, and I am very pleased with him. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout. He will not raise his voice in public. He will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope until he brings full justice with his final victory, and his name will be the hope of all the world.
We do not need ministers who minister simply because they can do nothing else. We do not need ministers who minister simply because they see the need. We do not need ministers who minister simply because they have come to some logical conclusion that this is the place they best fit in the economy of God. We need ministers who are called by God. And therefore, they have no choice. They have no choice but to preach, but to prophesy. We need men who have an oracle. We need men who carry a burden that would break them if it were not for the Spirit of God strengthening them. We need men who are led of the Spirit of God through the Scriptures. Men who are led of the Spirit, not just to be in a certain place or to do a certain thing, but we need men led by the Spirit to correctly discern spiritual realities. Especially in the context here that we have of Ezekiel. What are those realities? The deplorable, horrifying condition of man. And the recognition, the solid recognition that there is no hope whatsoever for man in the strength of the arm but only in the proclamation of the Word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all that we have. There is an indwelling of the Spirit. There is the regenerating work of the Spirit. But if you are going to stand and preach, there must be an anointing. There must be oil. There must be God. Giving you what you need to carry this task. We need men anointed of the Holy Spirit. Brothers, the more that we trust in the arm of the flesh, with all these strategies and these fads of church growth and everything else that just go past us one one a day, and they last about that long. To shun all of that and say, no, this is a war that cannot be won by any carnal means. This is a giant far too large to be taken down by human ingenuity, the gathering together of organizations, strategies, and plans and programs. No, I'll shun it all and I'll take up my weapons proclamation of the word of the living God intercessory prayer and if you would like to add two more I will give them to you sacrificial love and suffering those are the weapons of our warfare
Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5. David loved God's house and longed to dwell there in fellowship with God. He yearned to be like the priests who lived in the tabernacle and had constant access to holy things. David wished he could even be a guest and pay God a visit. But did he qualify? Does anybody really qualify? God's children have open access into His presence through the work of Jesus Christ. He is our high priest and advocate in heaven, and He welcomes us. We come on the basis of His righteousness, not our own. But we had better be sure we've experienced the cleansing of Hebrews chapter 10 before we rush into His presence. Now this psalm helps us examine our walk, our works, and our words. The inventory includes our relationship with others, how we keep our promises, and how we use our money. Meditating on this psalm and pondering these qualifications could help us deepen our relationship with God. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5, a psalm of David. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to slander others or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who do not charge interest on the money they lend and who refuse to accept bribes to testify against the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. My child, don't lose sight of good planning and insight. Hang on to them, for they fill you with life and bring you honor and respect. They keep you safe on your way and keep your feet from stumbling. You can lie down without fear and enjoy pleasant dreams. You need not be afraid of disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked, for the Lord is your security. He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 5.